Hello and welcome to Affable Chat Off Script, the episodes of Affable Chat that aren't about movies. I'm joined today by musical artist Nick Heredia, who just dropped a new single on Spotify. See those memories fade away. I'm gonna keep you in the backseat of my head. Getting through the darkest hours of the night when you said goodbye for the last time. How can I go on when you're staring at me? How can I move on without you on my own? All the time that passed and you're still on my mind Your face is in my hands I can see you smile in the Polaroids I was overjoyed to be a lover I don't want to burn these Polaroids And I know I'm just a memory in your head Thank you for that, Nick, and welcome to Apple Chat Off Script. If there's more to that song, of course, if you want to hear it, you can check it out on. I, I already said Spotify, but it's actually on all the different music platforms, right, Nick? That's right. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, even Title. If you want to pay a crap ton of money, thirty-two thousand dollars a month to listen to music, <laughs> you can find it on Title. Or, or if you're just OG like my mom and still buying your music from iTunes because they still give you that option <laughs> technically. Uh, but yeah, it's available on all all streaming services, all platforms. Uh, the song is called Polaroids and uh, I was just a little snippet of it. There's definitely more to it. Definitely. Um, and uh, it's I mean, I've been waiting a long time for this because yeah. uh, it's been a while. It was a little hiatus for Nick Heredia on the uh, for releasing tracks. Sometimes that ha- that's what happens when you're an unsigned solo artist. You're just tr- making the, doing the moves and and putting in all the effort yourself, um, and even the funds yourself. Uh, yeah, luckily, yeah. I, I also have it's just my my buddy Andrew, who's the producer I, I work with. Right, he, right. He knows what I want to sound like, and he's he's been there the whole time helping me in the shadows make this stuff so he he helped you with this track oh absolutely he's he he helped me more than i thought he did just because i i I mean i knew he was gonna was gonna be putting it in his hands to to craft and and to help design this thing yeah produce this thing but and when i was about to drop it and when i was trying to promote it i wanted to give special thanks to him and blake Merritt, a close friend of mine who does the percussion on it and i was like who who do i who's the instagram at What's the Instagram profile of the guy who puts the trumpet on this track? I we were right, able to put yeah. some legitimate trumpet on this. Well, because I've heard like a previous version of this song before it was kind of mastered. Yeah, and there was no trumpet on there. No trumpet, and there was like I mean, I've sent you the first demo when I first wrote this back in 2017, December 2017. It was a different world back different then. Different world back then, and and yeah, and and it was more so supposed to have kind of a really almost you're riding on a train kind of feel there are a couple john mayer songs that kind of inspired this one uh one of them is called stop this train and the other one is called who says they're both in the key of d and they both have a kind of a with like drums with brushes kind of feel that's how originally this song was going to be but then it became more of a folky indie 
of Monsters and Men Lumineers kind of song where it kind of had more just focus on the lyrics themselves and the harmonizing. It kind of had this Zach Brown band feel as it went, as it hit the studio. Yeah. I actually recognize that kind of feel as well. This is one of the songs that I heard even just like the rough edit version that was back in 2017 when I first heard it. And it sounded like a song that I would hear on the radio already. Like it almost had that kind of hook that cat or the, the, uh, uh, the, the chorus that catches your ear and that you want to hear again. It's definitely, like, of course this song like exists, right? How could it not? It sounds, it's, it's just something you want to hear over and over again. Oh, well, I appreciate just, that. Uh, this is definitely, uh, it is the first single on my upcoming record due to be released, uh, summer next year. That's the thing. He's still gonna got along a little bit to wait for more, uh, a massive amount of more Nick Harding music. Luckily, as soon as 2022 hits, I'll be dropping singles that first month. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so I'm excited about promote, that. And it's very stuff. But this is the first single. This is the one I'm kind of letting play out the rest of the year just because this is one of my best songs that I've written. And even my mom is like, oh, it's so sad. But I still love it so much. Still my favorite. And I'm yeah. like, okay, fair yeah. enough. Well, because moms is know best. Moms definitely do know best. I want to know what goes on when you're in the studio. Is it how much of the creative, uh, what is it, Contr- creative control do you give up to your producer to be able to get this project across the finish line? So it, it is still on a wider spectrum. It's still my project, and I still like he still gives me the most creative control. But the things that we change on certain songs. I think are just little details and stuff. It's like, oh, well, maybe what if instead of bringing a whole band in the very beginning of a, of a vibe of a, of a certain song, maybe you start with some produced drums and it kind of sounds more poppy. Um, like, th- how do you, yeah, in, in bringing other artists in like that, is it, o- would, is it always preferable to defer to a real-life artist? Like, if you're going to go with drums, like, does it... If you have the opportunity to bring in a drummer, is that better than just going with the MIDI drums? Um, it depends on, luckily, so many people who are like now home producer. I mean, that's now, especially because of the pandemic, people are just doing stuff at home and whatnot. People are learning different skill sets. And one of them is like doing producing at home. And you, you see that on TikTok more often than you did before the pandemic. But, just, but a, a pandemic, uh, you know, uh, aside... Um, some songs just do sound better with just a produced kind of studio drum MIDI kind of platform. Um, depends on the kind of vibe you're going for and the kind of genre you're kind of go for. Sure, I feel sure. like with Polaroids, it's a different setting just because that's kind of a more raw, folky. Like it kind of makes sense to have real drums on that one. Yeah. Whereas um, another song that's on the upcoming record, uh, Vanilla, it starts off with some produced hip-hop kind of drums but the rest of the quote-unquote studio drums is still kind of midi produced but it's it's still good quality where and that's just the the benefit of having someone who is in the know with their music stuff andrew literally does this for a living he gets like his w2s from this stuff and right right and and (laughs) that's literally yeah professional yeah he went to school for this (laughs) stuff and and he he also uh uh, i got i gotta give some background on him he he went viral um with another local greenville buddy these these dudes are both from greenville um and his his local buddies named shama and they they went viral for 
remixing the VeggieTales theme song. And then it's, it went so viral that Veggie, like big idea, the the creators of VeggieTales hit contact them and were like, we would love you to do remixes of all the other silly songs in our like episodes and whatnot. And they've done at least five other ones. And it's all, it's like got a lot of hits on YouTube, every, some viral stuff. Another thing that Andrew's done is he uh, produced for a band called Heirloom, which is like a, I think they're from Spartanburg, South okay. Carolina. Um, I actually know one of the members of, of heirloom um and he it was it, they released it uh, under the, the name heirloom and whatnot and he helped produce it and t pain who doesn't really do music anymore but still is very thriving on youtube oh now. yeah he's still a content creator he's still definitely a content creator he will review music and he reviewed the heirloom song that he produced and i he sends me and i was like oh my gosh like this is t-pain reviewing a song that you produce this is incredible and that's like it's it's even regardless of those statistics that, that andrew has to back his stuff up what what i know that andrew helps me with is helping me sound the way i want to sound what kind of sound i'm trying to go for as an artist yeah he absolutely yeah. gets it even before i became a solo artist when i was still in a band he would kind of help us you know produce the the ep that we came out with like he he was still understood what i try to as an artist try to sound like and what i'm going for especially when it comes to when i've discussed him what has influenced me he understands completely and that's why i'm very excited for this record coming out next year i, I i'm excited alone just with polaroids what he knew how he knew to enhance that from its original version to make it to really bring it out. And I, oh, yeah. I think Polaroid sounds better than it ever did when I first wrote it. Um, yeah, and that's really incredible to me. The collaborative nature of art yeah. and creating things like this, like just going all the way back to when I was asking about bringing in a real drummer versus using MIDI drums is... I just feel like adding another artist to the mix a lot of times like there's there's really in my opinion there's not really a lot of hard and fast rules for art yeah. it's like always you know using this type of brush is going to make the best painting like that's garbage like yeah. there's so art is so fluid but it, it there is something interesting to me about collaborating with a lot of different artists yeah. and maybe by bling, bringing Blake in to play the drums he adds this extra special something, a little humanity in a way that a MIDI drum kit might not be able to, if that's something that you're going for. Right. So I just think that's really cool. And I yeah. think it's also really cool that by going to a music producer, who's kind of had their hands on all these different projects, mm -hmm. you get a little bit of that mixed in. You're cross pollinating with all these other artists. You may ne never have even met by working with the same producer. So sure. that's, that's really cool. The music ecosystem uh, to me is really interesting. I, uh, I want to go back to just to finish the thought that I was saying about when I was still kind of promoting before it's released, kind of just being like, I have a new single announced called Polaroids. It's coming out September 3rd. And uh, when I was texting Andrew, I was like, who did the trumpet on this? I found out Andrew did the trumpet on it. He actually, because <laughs> not only is he a producer, he knows how to play guitar, bass, piano. He definitely, he obviously is so very skilled. But when he told me, oh, that's me. And I was like, wow, dude, like you blew it out of the water. He, you knew exactly wow. what I was trying to go for with an instrumental section because that bridge is clearly just instrumental with a, a trumpet solo, but it totally fits the vibe and still helps enhance that indie folk 
hiking kind of music. This guy's Avatar the Last music bender over here doing all the different uh, genres and, and musical, like literal playing the instruments themselves. I, uh, I, I always call Andrew uh, the wizard. The cause, wizard? Because he also is a huge D&D fan. Oh, cool. Dungeons and Dragons. And, ah. And, oh, yeah. Andrew's, I love him to death and I love that he's like me, totally a nerd, but he's a badass nerd. He's a wi- he's totally a wizard because he make he makes literal magic whenever we come into the studio together even not just with me with any because he he's a multi-producer so he's like doing different genres he doesn't focus on just one genre set um and i love that he's worked with hip-hop he's worked with pop he's worked with just acoustic a country even like just straight up because he'll mix for his own church and stuff like that he'll do like their live sound and stuff like that and uh, yeah, no, that that is that is my my go to man. Uh, well, really cool. Well, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of your collaborations with him. What has it been like performing live in the like age of pandemic in the age of Corona? You know, it actually has been kind of a struggle, especially when last year when the pandemic was really just like first still hitting and whatnot. I I kind of just. There, there's an upside and there's a downside. The downside is that you can't really do too many live stuff. This year, when 2021 started, I was able to start doing open mics and shows again, and that has been nice. It, I feel like whenever this new stuff is released and I'm able to fund having a support band, it'll sound better. I don't mind doing acoustic shows, and it's still fun to just play the songs that I've written, but... I have a vision for these songs and even the ones I've already been playing at my acoustic sets. I, I'm, I, I'm, I have this thought in my head when I'm playing them. I'm, I'm like, I'm glad these people are hopefully enjoying what I'm playing. But if they only knew the vision that I have on a live spectrum, a live full band, you know. So what does a full band entail? Drums, of course. Drums, bass, maybe another guitarist, a guitarist or two, maybe someone who can play guitar or if it's if a song calls for more keyboard or synth that also works um but a just, couple background singers too yeah or at least one vocal like something that just helps support because sometimes a live band sound will enhance especially the type of genre you go for for my instance it's alternative slash indie pop rock like pretty much your standard easy li- listening groups that like you, throw some names out some inspirations some oh my similar. gosh john mayer and coldplay by far yeah, i also yeah. love bonnie Vare and ed sheeran i think those are just such good examples of experimental artists who also have collabed with hip-hop people i mean john mayer is um good friends with kanye and so is coldplay like um and John Mayer is actually good friends with Dave Chappelle, too. I found that out. He's not a hip-hop guy, but he's still just another celeb that is also friends with hip-hop artists and whatnot. And Ed Sheeran has collab, I think, with Travis Scott or Future, maybe. Um, uh, these are just all pop artists that definitely know their stuff and can also still be experimental and venture out and whatnot. Another artist that, or band, rather, that is a heavy influence on me, uh, but I kind of like them being subtle is Radiohead because they're just there's this unique sound and I like having whenever I want to try something new or be like I want to use a whole other different sample or something when I'm trying to make music on my own or I'm doing just songwriting on my own in my own home studio and it's just me um, Radiohead kind of influences me to really branch out I have a rain stick that I got from wow from uh 
Punta Cana, whenever, uh, it was like 2009, I went with my family, I think it was like my grandparents, like 50th anniversary, so we went there to celebrate, and we went to this like market, and they had an authentic rain stick, and I still haven't used it on a song, but it's stuff like that, I'm like, oh, I could maybe use it in the background on something, like, right, I, right. I don't want to leave any stone unturned, I really want to see, you know, where I can go with just experimenting on stuff. Because the more you experiment, the more you can kind of find a sound. You know, it's just right, using okay. all the tools that you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we always do this bit on the movie episodes of Affable Chat where we go way too specific on the genre <laughs> where, you know, we'll do, it's a horror, action, drama, comedy. Kind of like, like what we're talking about, was it uh, Wonder Woman, American Psycho 2? Like, yeah, we blended yeah. that. Or, exactly, where it's like, Putting a genre on a some art is good for helping to categorize it and kind of organize it in your mind. But I don't like to focus too hard on the genre because then you get too uh, boxed in. Sure, you know you can have somebody who's indie but also has a little bit of pop and and like uh, maybe a, a tinge of country and and, yeah. and a pinch of rock yeah. in there and, and it doesn't have to have a name one of the reasons it could just I, be that particular you know artist absolutely um one of the reasons i love bonnie Vare particularly is just because he's collabed with both taylor swift and kanye west <laughs> and he's been on their like their most successful in in a while albums of like for me, uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, which is the album that uh, Kanye's album that Bonnie Vere is featured on, on like at least three or four tracks, um, and then he went on to like collaborate with him a little more. But that was the, the one where he definitely started working with them. That the one is, that I think of when I think Bonnie Vere and Kanye is "Lost in the World." That is a good song. I think mine's the one I always think about is, and just because it's my favorite, is "Monster," just because that has so many other clubs. It has Rick Ross starting it, has yes. Kanye, Jay Z. Nicki Minaj and that song made me appreciate Nicki Minaj as a rapper because she actually can absolutely her her bars in that song are beautiful and then Bonnie Ver comes and closes it out with Charlie Parker on that uh, singing line and and I think that song is part of it like ah ah cross the line oh line. yeah 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 ah ah let God decide side. yes and yeah. it's got like all that kind of tech like uh, electronic kind of voice sounding yeah, and that's it. why Kanye loves Bonnie Vere because he's he definitely is one of those people who uses his voice as an instrument and I think that's why Taylor Swift likes him too because he just really is a good songwriter and I like that about him where he's an indie artist who can totally collab on straight country pop or hip hop like yeah. I want to be that kind of artist too who would you want to like if you collaborate with literally anybody who would you want to like have a project with oh dude um Tyler the Creator or or Gambino would yeah. be Gambino is a little more far fetched because he kind of isn't doesn't want to be an artist anymore. But at least Tyler the Creator or even like even Kanye that's the thing that's just me dreaming. But yeah, that's, yeah, this is but all that's, dreaming. But yeah. I like that idea of being an indie artist, like primarily indie artist, but who still like really loves hip hop and stuff. I, I I like the the idea of, you know, get you a man who can do both. Yeah. And in my opinion, it's writing really sad like come on, just last Something really but profound and meaningful. But then going like right around town they gonna feel this one. Right around town they gonna feel this one. And so yeah, dude, and, and and really going hard on some collaborative yeah. hip hop stuff. I one one of the things I've been doing on my solo stuff, or at least when I perform like open mics or solo stuff, I'll, I'll 
perform one song that's like an original, like Polaroids or something I'm trying to promote. But then I'll try and do like a hip hop cover or I'll cover Red Bone by Gambino or I'll, yeah. or I'll start playing um, Earthquake by Tyler the Creator. I'll be like, for real, for real, for real this time. Oh, that's probably not the... For, for real, for real this time. For real, for real, for real this time. And then I'm like, cause then you're my earthquake. Oh, you made my earthquake. Riding around, your love is shaking me up and it's making my heart break. Cause you made my earthquake. Oh, you made my earthquake. Riding around, your love is shaking me up and it's making my heart break. And so on. Oh, um, I love that song. <laughs> that's such a beautiful song. That's a great song, but that's the perfect song for for me to kind of still be able to because it's not exactly rapping. It's it's but it has that trap hip hop feel to it. Yeah, yeah. And and that's, like you said, get you a man who can do that both. can do both. And I that's why I think Tyler the Creator is so visionary because he is what I would call an indie hip hop artist because he definitely. And it, yeah, yeah, not underground, but definitely like is combining elements that not general hip hop artists would yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the easiest one to point out is Sweet Slash. I thought you wanted to dance on Call Me If You Get Lost, his because, most re- recent record. Yeah. Yes, and and possibly like from an artistic. Pre- okay, now I can't say that without sounding pretentious, but <laughs> that song for me, it could be the best song on the whole album uh, It is because of all the good. stuff that goes into it. You're kind of cheating by like combining two songs, but it's great. And it's not what you would think of when you think of like the artist who got started from Yonkers. You yes. Know? And well, the thing is people, and get, I know he didn't just get started from Yonkers, but that was a yeah, big step. That was in a his big step. I mean, it's, it's one of those songs that's like, Oh, this was the hit that really put me on the map. Kind of like Cole plays yellow or panic of the discos. I write sins, not tragedies, or even right. Right. I'm trying to think of other songs that it's, are, it's, in that realm that the artist it, is like tired of playing. Right. It's the song that there's gotta be a name for this, but it's like, it would be their one hit wonder if they were a one hit one. Wonder. Exactly. Like if they had, if they didn't have any other songs, like that song would still have people be like, Oh, I remember Tyler the Creator going back on. Uh, he ate the cockroach. <laughs> yes, exactly. So <laughs> iconic. That's and that's the thing. I still love Yonkers, but it's it's still far from my favorite Tyler Me song. Me too. Just because Tyler's such a unique and collaborative artist, he also is one of those people who I feel like can venture out in different totally. Genres. And I feel like the more he does that, the more complete he appears to be as an artist because I remember I used to listen to Tyler Creator for the shock value. Sure. I would listen to him to be offended, really. Yeah. Because he would say things where I'm like, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. You know, but he did it in a way that was provocative, that was yeah. interesting. And he made it sound good. Uh, yeah. Well, at first I really was not, uh, I was, <laughs> this was me, dude. And this is embarrassing to say, but when he won best new artist at the MTV music awards, I was like, Oh, Wiz Khalifa better. <laughs> Black and yellow is so much better than whatever Tyler Creator is saying. That is such a bad take. No disrespect to Wiz, Wiz Khalifa. Khalifa's great, but yeah. But to see where they've gone from there, it's like Tyler, it's not even the same. It's kind of like when people compare potentially like J. Cole to Kanye, where I'm like, J. Cole is definitely like a great rapper, and I no disrespect he makes great projects, but I'm like Kanye is more of an artist that kind of uh, transcends the genre yes. and, and, and 
does more than just hip hop. Even though saying that is so disrespectful, it's like it's not just hip hop, right? Yeah. Just saying that, like, oh, you only do hip hop. It's not like that's a bad thing. No. It's just they're doing two different things. Yeah, no, it really is. They 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 are because the way I look at it is that Kanye is an artist and J Cole is literally an artist too. But J Cole to me feels like that underground. If you're comparing those two, J. Cole feels like an, um, and by underground, I don't mean unknown. I just mean like kind of taking old school hip hop and modernizing it. Um, and, and that's simply what he's doing. Uh, going back on, on what you were saying about Tyler, like he, I guess you said it, it's almost a cop out if you're doing two songs on one thing. But what's funny is Tyler has been doing that for the past three or four albums. He at least has one song in the middle of his album that's like two songs in one. Yeah. Um, another example of that is 911 slash Mr. or backslash Mr. Lonely. Yes. Uh, uh, which that song is lonely, lonely, so lonely, good. lonely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even lie. I've been lonely, lonely as fuck. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a ah, that's such a good album. That's a good one. That's a good song. And and then you have on Igor, you have um Gone Gone, Thank You. Yeah, yeah. So you liked uh, Call Me If You Get Lost? Oh, I loved it. I, th- I think so far it's still my favorite hip-hop album that's come out this year just because it it Igor, the last album was a little more experimental, but this one has, he's still kind of going back to his roots with the rapping and stuff. And it has that cherry bomb feel to it, but not, but still a little more cohesive and a little more, you know, as one project yeah it's like if cherry bomb was done with a lot more skill and like finesse yeah because cherry bomb almost almost feels like a mixtape even though it's not whereas call me if you get lost is literally the whole project is one whole full theme yeah which i tyler is typically always doing on his albums yeah yeah I mean, I like the way he references it. It literally references Cherry Bomb on this album. It says yes. it sounded so shifty. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I really liked it too. I think it's my favorite hip hop artist of the year. And even though Certified Lover Boy literally just came out and, and Donda. Donda came out just a week before that, I feel like I can confidently say it's probably going to be my favorite project of the year. I'm yeah. just such a Tyler stan. Yeah. But I do want to talk about those other projects with you right now. Sure. Um, so what do we think so far on Donda? Donda is very, very good. I, listening to it many times this week, uh, as soon as that you know, I found out it was out, I was like, well, this is what I'm going to be listening to this week. Um, I definitely think there are songs that... There's probably one song that feels almost out of place but it still sounds good and i kind of like that it uh, cert like one or two songs sound out like like huh i'm surprised he added this on this record but then i think drake leaked a song of kanye's that yeah i haven't heard so, that yet i haven't heard either but some people are on twitter were are like saying like oh why did he not put this on donda like yeah you know sometimes yeah, why wouldn't he when it's so freaking long, long yeah <laughs> I, I think he just didn't want it to have a maybe a too long then again it's already it's two already hours. too long yeah, it's already two hours long <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to worry about that. I think Donda is is kind of interesting with how not just because there's not one central theme. There's yeah, kind of yeah. just different themes. It's kind of all over the place. But it's still it is kind of all over the place, but it, at the same time it also still has that has themes that have reoccurred in Kanye's other albums and I think it has that classic production style that he's gone with. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what matters to me. I I think a song that kind of 
he dug up well i don't want to say he dug up because it's not older but he kind of took because he used the weekend on it, it was hurricane yeah i think that's a good example because he still got the there's a lot of different types of organs on donda and i like that because like the church organ church organ not or like you're there's a spleen on track nine and and lungs on <laughs> track four <laughs> yeah well there's like there's just different it's church organ but it's like different variants of it different mm. styles because one of the the softwares the daws that i use to produce my mu- music on currently is ableton back when i before like and then when i used to use garage band ableton is such a step up because you find so many different variant and like styles of a synth or a keyboard or an organ yeah. and it yeah and kanye definitely on this album he's kind of stuck with the different organs and i think it kind of works because there are as Kanye has come out with more albums, he's kind of moved to more towards the gospel feel. And this definitely. record definitely, if there's any kind of theme, quote unquote theme, it's probably the gospel theme. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. That's the because, most consistent thread throughout. Yeah, and there's a lot of, yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of like pastor quotes and, and, yeah. and preaching on this. Mm-hmm. And I, I think... And just explicit, like not explicit, but like the like he's name dropping God and yes. Jesus multiple times. Praise like, the Lord! Literal, yeah. yeah. Some of the song names literally have Lord in them. Yeah. Um, so I would agree. That's probably I would even classify this again. Talking about genres, like in the gospel kind of hip hop genre, because not only does it have a lot of references to God, but it also doesn't curse. Yeah. Which means, you know, my mom is definitely going to hear this album when I'm visiting for sure because everyone can agree on it. There's yeah. No I, I think I'm going to show my mom this album too because, like, even though she doesn't like Kanye, if it's something that's not explicit, she'll definitely bop with it because there was once a time when, I mean, Pitbull was like an actual, like, rapper, rapper, and he was actually being a thug and whatnot. And my mom was like, oh, he's Cuban? Oh, but he curses? Oh, I don't want to listen to him. But then he became <laughs> such a party boy. Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, yeah. Like, he changes an artist too, which is totally good on him because it works out in his benefit. And now oh, yeah. my mom and loves Pitbull. Yeah, he's great at branding. Who doesn't love Mr. Worldwide? Of course. There's always at least one song that you play at your New Year's Eve party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about uh, the way that the album starts out? I mean, I know there's the Donda chant, but yeah. then like the first kind of song song is jail jail i just love the guitar on love, jail it, what's cool is um i love how the story is really like easy like guitar power chords with just and it's better i think they're using what was called an ebo on that um which just helps the sustain on your electric guitar but then w- with that line and then the Say where you are. Say where you are. Take everything. And just having that loop go on. Oh yeah, and there's no nice. drums. There's no drums except for the like the last four bars of ju- of only drums. only drums. Yeah, I thought that was a bold choice. Very bold but, choice. But it doesn't stop me from nodding my head. You know, I doesn't. Yeah. I don't need uh, the drums necessarily to. I think Kanye is one of those artists who actually low key really does appreciate rock and roll. And I think it's because like well, one of the things is uh, back when he used to say like I'm the next 
Kurt Cobain or John, like he compares yeah. himself to the great, which is obviously that's like Kanye thing to do because he, he definitely does. He definitely has that big ego, but that's one of the things we lo- know and love about him. And uh, I think that he does sing his praises to rock and roll. One an, an article that I found recently that I I guess I could say it's true if you believe in that sort of thing, but. He, he, one thing that Kanye has said in this article was that he believes that Coldplay is a better band than the Beatles. And I was like, I do love Coldplay and that they are probably my current favorite band. I feel like Coldplay is just a, mo- I feel like classic rock is a different step because they already yeah. have legend status. Yeah, yeah. But I love that Kanye believes that because it really just shows you what he really believes of true rock and roll these days in in the current modern world right now. Sure, and I think Coldplay is still a fantastic rock band because they're they are pop rock for sure, um, but they know how to make jams and pop hits for sure. And I mean, as pop as something just like this their collab with the chain smokers like like you know classic <laughs> sing-along radio tune that you'd hear yeah in your grocery store or at walmart or something like what's that. their what's one of their songs uh that's like their most popular song uh i'm trying to th- well there's there's that one the i want something just like this the, the problem is <laughs> I, I don't know what the, the the chords for that one is but then you have their actual rock songs like yellow like look at the stars Like that was on wait, their wait, first so, record. D- well, that was this Coldplay. I was talking about Chainsmokers. What are their? Because I don't really listen to Chainsmokers, oh, but I know I recognize their, their music. They also have uh, "We Were Living in Paris." That that one. But then uh, <laughs> they did a song with Halsey, which uh-huh. was like their people got tired of it. It was yeah. closer. Yes, it was there like, it is closer. Yeah. We ain't ever getting old. <laughs> very very <laughs> trappy. EDM, yes. almost EDM esque yes. kind of stuff. Which you know that stuff is always you know. Well, because, I'm not going to pretend like I didn't like that song the first yeah. twenty times. And I because heard it. festivals like <laughs> Ultra and stuff like that, like exist, people love going to these festivals and doing drugs and yeah. and listening to this very highly produced stuff. It's still yeah. There's there's oh, there's a time and place for this kind of oh, yeah, any definitely. kind of music. And I like that Coldplay. They know what's good. They know what is trending. That's why I like that. They can always collab on a song like that, but then they'll do a song. They came out with an album just two years ago um, in 2019 called Everyday Life, which is they kind of went back to their experimental roots, kind of almost had the Viva La Vida vibes where they put orchestral stuff. And one thing that Coldplay is is huge on is, is like putting an image of the third world countries in people's like households really um there's a song called champion of the world it's a beautiful song and but the little intro is like i think i, I don't know if it's arabic but it's definitely a different language and sure. it's like no and it's just uh, i think it's the influence that helping third world countries because coldplay is actually huge on advocating for making fair trade and Oxfam and and yeah, like giving yeah. to third world countries and whatnot and that's another th- reason I th- I think I love them so much is because they are actually very caring band and they care about the issues they have a song called Trouble in Town on that same album Everyday Life which is all about racial profiling and police 
yeah. you know, brutality and, and, you know. Yeah, I feel like you shared a song. Maybe it was that song. It was that song. And I was like, wow, Coldplay, like, they're really going for it. But you were like, didn't that song come out like 2019? 2019, yeah. yeah. That was before. Which would have been like a year before that became so present in everybody's mind in 2020. Uh, Not that people didn't know about that or weren't having that discussion, but I do feel like it's a little braver, a little bit more out there to take a stance like that then. A little more risky, I'd say, probably. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, you know, props to them for for that. It's, uh, It's... I mean, they've made so many songs, but it's it's great to see them use their platform for something that they think is important. I just like seeing that they're still making music. And then now they're coming out with another, like a new album in October this year. Uh, it just makes me as a Coldplay fan be like, yes, I'm so glad people are still bumping this band. What do you think about uh, Drake's newest project, Certified Lover Boy? Um, Which at the time of us recording this podcast has been out for two days. So yeah. it's like a very hot take, quick take here. So so yeah, quick quick notes and whatnot. I, I think Drake has just not been what he used to be. But in a, in another another hand, like that may be bad, but another that may be like, okay, whatever. He still makes like... The, Can he still really rap out the same stuff he used to? I'm crying. You know, I'm sad. I'm just sad, crying in my shower. <laughs> um, I think... He still definitely has those themes of just being emotional and being yeah, quote unquote woke on stuff. But like, can he really be okay? I, I, this is probably a bad question, but like, I just feel like his circumstances have changed to the point where he doesn't have the same problems anymore. Yes. Like, who's going to be like, he's like, I'm rich, but I'm still sad. It's like, broken. All, it's right, like dude. all right, dude, you're still <laughs> swimming in money. Yeah. And you have all these baby mamas across the world. Like, I don't really, you know, you, there could be your individual, everybody has problems. I'm not saying Drake doesn't have problems, sure. but you got to kind of change your perspective a little bit when he's Drake's like, gonna about what he's come out with his about. own version of jail. He's going to be like, I got problems. <laughs> But no, I I do think <laughs> condoms, condoms. Do you have any condoms, <laughs> no, dude? He's just now finding out about condoms. Like he's like, um, dang, I've been missing out. I've been fathering all of these kids and just like leaving them in other countries, <laughs> so I didn't have to deal with it. But and that's yeah. why, yeah. Otherwise, I'd have. He wouldn't even dropped an album this year. He'd have nothing to rap about. Yeah, that's true. I I do so out out of the two days of this album. Certified Lover Boy being out, I think he still got the good sound and and the the feel that Drake albums typically have. I just don't think, especially with everyone trying to comp- because they're beefing, Kanye and Drake are beefing right now. I feel like that's another example of artists you just nowadays can't compare anymore because Drake has his own style, Kanye has his own style, and. If you're talking on an artistic spectrum, which is even then still very subjective. So just, yeah. Yeah. yeah so subjective. You, some would be like, oh, Kanye's artistry is better than Drake's, which is something I believe. But then again, Drake has his own form of artistry that you just can't compare to Kanye. Um, I do think some of the stuff that Drake says on this new album are low-key kind of cringe, but... Okay, we're specifically talking about, like, girl, you a lesbian, I'm a lesbian, yes. too, or, like, yes. it's whatever, the equivalent of that, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it, she's like, she said, I'm a lesbian, I said, girl, me too, or something like that, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't know how that's... And what's funny is I'm already looking on social media, people are, are, are you know... Dunking on dunking him, for, on him yeah. for this line, but... On the other hand, there are songs like Fair Trade with Travis Scott and then uh, 
And, and or like for another example of a TCU. Song that I, uh, that's a good one. But I was thinking t- TSU, whichever. I one think it's it. TSU. But he was. Um, there was a song that I originally thought was cringe, and it was one with Future. Yes, I think Young Thugs on it. Yeah, yeah. You and I were Way talking too about sexy. this earlier. And we we're like, I'm too, too sexy, sexy for me. my shirt. Like, which, okay, for to me, when I hear that song remixed, I at first I was like, this is unbelievably cringe. Yes, that they're trying to like, and hearing like Future be like, <laughs> I'm too, too sexy, sexy for, for my shirt. shirt. Like, it, but. I think the more I listen to it, the more I'm kind of coming around to it. And, and you're like, just like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I could, maybe dudes like in the club could just be like feeling sexy. sexy <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that may just like on one hand, that may just be like the modern, how, how, how like times are changing these days. Yeah. Back then when you couldn't, back in early 2000s or, or late 90s, you it was so unheard of of a hip hop rapper to be saying stuff like that. Right, right. Um, I, I think it's always good to break boundaries as an artist, especially when you ha- already have a huge following. Right. But, but I don't know. I Still, though, I don't want to take it out of the realm of just being like, this is cringe. This <laughs> because it's all about how you execute it, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I've heard that the music video is already out. I haven't seen the music video yet. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen that either. Apparently... Kawhi Leonard is in it and Kawhi Leonard uh, if you for NBA fans uh, NBA fans know exactly who Kawhi Leonard is but like if you're not that big into the NBA you might remember the guy who played for the Toronto Raptors who had the weird laugh a couple years ago where he was like ha 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 ha, ha <laughs> yes dude that guy I that's that. Kawhi Leonard and he's <laughs> okay. like he's such a reserved kind of like emotionless dude that's why the laugh was so funny because it's yeah. like he just doesn't laugh so he's just <laughs> like trying to force it so he's like ha 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 ha, ha, ha. I think and <laughs> So they've got him in the I'm Too Sexy music video. That's probably pretty funny. Okay. And if they're going at it with like kind of like humor. a little bit of humor, a little bit of whimsy, but also low key, like we're, we actually are sexy. That I think is something I can get on board with. Yeah. And Drake is actually known for like kind of being funny in his so, music yeah videos. if you ever seen him on snl oh. i thought he was one of the better like musical hosts, hosts of yes. snl drake is great on snl he's definitely a good funny i mean he's been doing comedy like little snippets in his music videos for a while two examples i can think of is uh one of the most recent music videos of drake that's he's put out i think this year or last year that i actually thought was like it was laugh now cry later and he's crying <laughs> in the music video he's like, and, and his dude friend is like dude are you crying and he's like no man i just had something in my like I think making a joke out of that is great. Another example is when he came out with uh, Nothing Was the Same. He came out with that song Started from the Bottom. Yes. And there's a part where the song just cuts and there his his grocery store coworkers are trying to hit on this girl checking out and uh, it's like back it's like backfiring on them. It's not working. It's totally yeah, yeah, not yeah. working for them. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's that's still another funny, you know, comedic you know, yeah. note in and a that, music video. And that's the thing, like in the genre that Drake exists in, and let's be honest, that he dominates. Yes. In, a lot of your credibility is built on authenticity. And I know Drake has his like whatever side quest stories when he was a teenager that may have been like low key thug shit. But for the most part, he was an actor on Degrassi. Like yeah. he is a little different. And sure. I like when he leans into that because he is a showman. He is a performer. Yeah. He can be that kind of like celebrity fun kind of guy i think if anything can be said about drake is that he still stays being drake he still yeah like, does his own thing like it's kind of like how people how kanye does his own thing that's that's the thing you can compare them but you also can't just because they're two different types of 
the same art yeah form. and the other thing is even though they are beefing you can still like both of them exactly i really do like i do having i want the drake record to be good and that's why i'm going to keep listening to it and and see if they like what is on there that i do like mm-hmm. because we're lucky we got a new j cole album this year we got oh. a new tyler the creator album this year we got a new kanye album this year and we got a new drake album and if we're lucky we'll and, like we're, we're already in if we're like yes but also so far okay and at my the jury is definitely still out on donda a little bit but definitely certified lover boys yeah. still we're still judging it we're still trying to figure it out it's possible that all four of those projects could be great yeah and what a year for music in the in hip-hop that that's, would be that's the way i'm trying to look at it at it just a, a broad spectrum that's just i'm just happy that we have new music yeah especially given that we had to quarantine for a while that's that's the fun thing about that's the upside with having a pandemic is that you can at least be in a studio where you don't yeah. have close contact you just work on art yeah and that's the one thing i've been doing myself uh, during this time and i'm still you know doing stuff just secretly with with my boy andrew we're, we're still just working stuff in the in the studio in the in the bakery and, oh, yeah, and creating some some new projects and stuff and that's that's the thing that's really fun about it yeah well i mean we're here right now recording if and we got you your guitar hooked up if we uh can get that to be in there correctly hold on yeah the there we go that's the, i've that's also I picked up my own instrument over here. You might not have known. I'm 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 kind of musically talented as well. What's funny is I actually have. <laughs> I've got the uh, the musical frog here. That <laughs> the uh, classic. I think the stick is held the other way. Oh, am I doing it backwards? Because it's yeah, it's like that's the handle's thicker. And what's funny is my dad gave me one of those. What's cool is yours you is caught green. Me. I don't actually play the. Frog. But yours is green though. Yours is actually a cooler, like unique type of what, what, frog. What color have you seen? I just I just have the brown one. There, uh, there's it's different. Not painted. Well, what's funny is there's because it's made of wood. It's made of wood, but there's actually I've seen those on TikTok. Like, that's actually a common instrument is the fro- wooden frog thing, and you can always tap it too. You can. Th- <laughs> yeah, 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 and it actually is something people have used loop. I should have brought my looper, but I didn't. I was a fool for not bringing it. But you can make loops out of just that thing too. I've I've seen someone make trap beats go over building a loop out of that, and like uh, uh, I'm trying like tapping your metal fork on your coffee mug or something like that. Then you got. The things we've been together (laughs) Where have you gone? Totally miss the honesty In special times And honestly I totally miss the fucked up things you do <laughs> nice duet. Nice little duet. Equal input from both of us on that one. 
<laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, uh, that's so fun. That's one of my favorite things about having you on, Nick, is that you can just kind of pull music out of thin air. I try to. That's the, so magic to me. The, the, I think the problem I have is is just that if it's a song that I know, but I just don't necessarily like know what the key it's in. Yeah. But if I can think of the vocal melody, then I can track there. So it just takes us sometimes if someone's like, hey, do something on the spot. I'm like, okay, just give me <laughs> give, give me like a couple minutes. Hey, man, be musical. And I'm just like, duh, duh. <laughs> I can be musical on the spot, sure, but I want to make sure, if, especially if I'm playing a song that people are asking. That's typically what, like, hey, do you know Wonderwall? Or do you know, <laughs> like, Spells Like Teen Spirit? I'm like, yeah, I just got to think of the key it's in. And I can really, because I'm a perfectionist. I like playing what it's played in. And honestly, you don't have to do that. You can always yeah. play in a, so many artists will cover something in a different key. Sometimes artists will play their own songs in different key just because the vocal melody is too high on the studio version. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite bands like Weezer and Muse do that. Um but I I just like playing what's the original intended key. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's like play spells like Teen Spirit. I'm like, <laughs> and that's like that so that like that is an example of the right key for that song like, yeah. I, I just like playing it in its intended stuff and I think that's just me wanting to pay respect to the artist because I understand what it is what it goes into the steps of making a song and trying to perfect it and make sure it sounds good for an audience like yeah 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 I kind of just like respecting the artist's original take but as my own artist, if someone's like, do your own cover of Earthquake or something like that, like by Tyler, I like to put my own spin on it. I, that's why I like choosing the songs I cover in my live sets very selectively. Um, yeah. I have yeah. a friend who's named Allie who wants to do uh, like collab duet stuff. And, and she is a female vocalist. And uh, I was like, it'd be cool to cover four or five seconds which is another like good because that song has rihanna kanye west and paul mccartney and then the i say what's on my on my mind like a little time i just think those are just good songs that are like done by hip-hop artists that you can actually still do acoustically and because i'm the solo artist and i'm, I'm doing this stuff on my own really i'm funding it on my own that's there's a struggle. That's that's another reason why it just takes forever for me to m release music because I'm just doing this all. I wish I could make a, a, an actual career out of what is currently my hobby. But right, right. what's good is what, I just came out with this new song. I'm on my way. I'm definitely trying to put out slowly the the perfected pieces. Yeah, that'll help me build as an artist. Yeah, and and it's interesting because like the way that being an artist works in our society if you want me to go yeah. like full joker on you is that yeah it has to be self-funding like you have to do art so good that you earn enough money to have the ability to do art right and like i appreciate even just having the resources to do art in the first place yeah even if it doesn't even if it's a total loss from a financial perspective i like just being able to express myself and yeah. that is the reward in itself and sometimes just being like i have a piece of work out and like like i am proud of it e even though i had to like i i it was a, it set me back or whatever it's still good to have something that's because yeah. it's art it's it's kind of like 
you know, whatever. I'm just using this as an old school reference for anyone who knows, like Da Vinci. He painted the straight, you know. Da Vinci? Da Vinci, yeah. <laughs> did, you know, the Mona Lisa. If you think whatever he, he didn't get to go to that thing that his friend was doing or whatever. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of examples like that. Sure. But he was able to still make something that held the test of time so as it's it's art it's all art and whatnot yeah well that's why whenever i f- see my friends expressing themselves like you like so many of my other friends who uh create in their own various ways whether it's through painting whether it's through their voice whether it's through playing an instrument all of that i see such value in just the self-actualization aspect of it the self-expression aspect of it and even if you're not making money i think that there's a lot of value in that um and it, it can be its own reward. My number one priority is just having fun with it. Yeah. Because I'm not really making a cent of it any, anyways. Like, the first thing for me is enjoy what you're doing. And and have your, like, your fans, which is currently, like, my closest friends are my, like, my biggest fans. Which I like that. I still, even if I, if I died tomorrow, I'd still be happy knowing that my best friends are still supporting me. I feel like, you know, for even a celebrity, they have close friends that, still totally like fuck with their music and it's like that's i i think that at the end of the day is is the coolest thing about being a musician you know it's still being a hobby i have friends that when i come out with music for instance when polaroids dropped this past friday you were one of the first people to quote tweet it and put in exclamation points new nick heredia out now like that's it always is a good feeling I really am stoked on it when it when it happens because it feels like <laughs> not to like drag you or anything, but it's like it feels so long since I've been able to even say sure, that. Sure, no, and, and if anything, that's it, it's just you being as a fan, like yes, we've been waiting for it. It it, it helps the anticipation. And going back on that, funding your own stuff. We were watching uh, the show Dave. That's yes, the great on show. FX. It's on. It's also on Hulu. We well, were the first it. few episodes I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah, but it's but, really oh, good. I definitely vouch because season two just finished, and I vouch for that too. Um, but th- episode one, I'm going to use an example. Um, Dave, who's like, who's like the real life name of Lil Dicky, who's trying to make a name for himself. He wires ten grand to YG, a rapper. He to his his manager Nutty. And he has it like he's getting dodged. And he's like, is this for, is he $10,000 for a verse on a song? And it's like, yeah, sometimes you got to put, you know, uh, and I'm paying probably not as not even nearly that, but I'm paying a good bit yeah. for what I'm trying to get done with Andrew. And I will not I have no regrets on any cent that I'm paying because Polaroids alone, I as an artist feel like it's it sounds the way I want it to sound. And it, it hits the feel that I want to. And, and so far, like before I released it, I got to show the, the people closest to me, my, my, my girlfriend, Aaron, my brother, Dan, my parents. I got to show them the exclusive final mix, like the in. I got to show them the whole song. And they were like, OK, that's really good. Yeah, I like yeah. And they were also there in the early creation, early steps of this song being made. Yeah. And just um, to be able to share that with the people you care about, you know, I th- and I'm sure they enjoy hearing that from seeing you express yourself. I certainly do. Absolutely. All right, Nick. Well, I think that is going to wrap up our conversation here on Affable Chat off script. Thank you so much for joining me on yet another episode. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Can't wait till next time. And if you, the listener, enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode, 
tell a friend about it. Just say, have you considered listening to Affable Chat? You can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Affable Chat, or send us an email, affablechat at gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube. Just search Affable Chat. We're the only ones. And uh, Affable Chat is live on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Affable Chat. And if you enjoyed Nick's music, don't forget to check out Polaroids, his new single available on all streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. I can see you smile in the Polaroids. I was overjoyed to be alone. I don't want to burn these Polaroids. And I know I'm just a memory in your head. And I know I'm just a memory in your head. Perfect, dude. Oh, that Very was awesome. Very nice. Oh.